You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On NFL Network. Today's episode is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson Show, our flagship NFL show here on the NFL Network through Locked On, Locked On Browns, available, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to break it down here a little bit today. Uh, had Sam in yesterday from Sports Illustrated. We'll have Pete Smith in from Sports Illustrated today. Been a while with Pete, so he'll be glad to get some thoughts here as you know, camp well underway here in Berea. Uh, you know, some good news, I guess, for the Browns today. Uh, Anthony Walker, um, it appears to be a week to week thing, um, nothing further. So, obviously, that's good. No surgery going to be required, uh, for the new signal caller of the Browns defense, uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Um, fans are going to be able to, you know, now get their first looks at him in training camp 2021. He's now returned to the practice field. Uh, Pete, you know, you know, you want to make it through these days. You got to get work done. You keep your fingers crossed. Uh, you know, the health of the players is paramount, but you understand at times it's not always going to be the case. Um, survived a scare yesterday. Um, and of course it opened up a can of worms of what would happen. God forbid, if you were to lose somebody at the linebacker position and then you get, you know, Albert Breer showing up today and, trying to maybe relight the lamp of the roster status of one Mac Wilson. Yeah, I, I this always happens and then it comes time to actually tackle people. I, I'm convinced that he like bakes wonderful muffins or something that he hands out to certain people uh, on the media. <laughs> it just seems like the coverage seems geared toward has been coverage a lot uh, has been has been focused on linebackers lately. Like when they did the the camp training camp live uh, with uh, Nathan Segura and Ken Carmen, which is you know it's great. Uh, it's a great broadcast, but like it's always about as it was last year. Great off season, fantastic off season. Man, he he looks good early. And then we go and Mr. May just doesn't do anything. So I like, I don't doubt that he had a fantastic off season and workouts and stuff like that. I, I question: does he know what he's looking at and can he, uh, can he diagnose and react quickly enough? That has been the issue. It has not been a physical limitation issue being in great shape. Fantastic. Um, so uh, be, without, uh, Jeremiah Wusukormoa, and without Tony Fields, that certainly op- opens up the possibility that he can get some more looks. Uh, but we'll see if he can sustain because, uh, based on what I've seen from you know last year, Jacob Phillips can freaking read it and go, and do that in a high level. And you know I don't think he sat around and did nothing all off season. So if he got stronger and has more of an NFL body, I think he's going to shine. Um, you still have Malcolm Smith out there and, and, you know, my early projection was that he won't make the team because I think, uh, that was with the assumption that JOK and Tony Fields were going to be productive, uh, because I think they're, they're largely playing for the same spot. Uh, and then, you know, the guy I think who will ultimately make the team in some form or fashion, likely really geared towards special teams is going to be Elijah Lee. So, 
it, it's smart from a coverage standpoint to get you know talk about the linebackers because you know they aren't all going to make the team and you're going to have to be able to sort of get there in early so i mean i i i totally understand the standpoint that fans are drawn to uh, mac wilson he seems like a genuinely uh nice guy to deal with particularly for media people and fans and all that but that only carries so far and the Browns are too good at this point like I my project projection from he will end up on the practice squad and there are people who don't like that but he's got to show a lot more in terms of being able to just go and and read and react and and make plays that way yeah, uh, it's an interesting conundrum between Mac Wilson and we'll segue here and we'll get Pete's thought, obviously, uh, you know, on the extension for Nick Chubb. I think Browns fans would absolutely love for Nick Chubb to be the personality, the social media guy that Mac Wilson is. He's not. Meanwhile, guys like me and you would say, I would love it if Mac Wilson never posted anything on social media. I don't care what he does in his free time. I wish he could play half as good as Nick Chubb could on the field. Yeah. Um, look, Nick Chubb, the, the the extension looks great to teammates, and it looks great to media, and it looks great to fans. Um, though, like, it's a home run on all those fronts. Then you get into the nitty-gritty on the, on the contract, and it's great for the Browns. Because it really, what it really is, is the the contract that I was really hoping for, which is two years, with what amounts to be a four million dollar void year, where that four million dollars is going to be on twenty twenty three, unless he's so good, he continues to be so good that he forces them to pay him the other twelve point two million dollars that's attached to that last year, in that twenty twenty four. So if that's the case, they rip it up and probably rewrite a new one by then. Well. I, I doubt it only because he's going to be 28 that year. And after that contract, he'll be 29. 2023 can think... bring a lot of change. You know that. I know that. It could, but I just look at it as, you know, both him and, you know, I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to get a new deal after after 2022. So the way that contract is structured with Chubb, he's going to make like a little over $5 million in 2022. And if you combine that with Kareem Hunt, they'll be at like 11 in change and some people are probably like, eh, I don't know about that. I think they'll be fine with that. I think that was sure. done to keep both of them that year. As long as nobody does anything stupid off the field or anybody gets hurt. I think you've got two more years of, of Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb after that. I don't, you know, maybe there's a, a scenario where Kareem hunt is, is kept on another year in some form or fashion, uh, but he'll be, 28 at that point so I, I think that at that point they'll be looking to sort of get somebody else in there is it going to be Demetric Felton are they going to get another running back in there somewhere I don't know how that's going to look but basically it, you sort of have to with running backs two years is sort of a good window for those two guys and then you can sort of uh, evaluate the situation and maybe you have to go get somebody else maybe you've already brought in somebody else and then you can sort of proceed from there so you know, I, I, I love the contract for, for the Browns. You know, you can certainly argue that maybe Chubb didn't get enough. However, if you are like sitting there going, mm, I don't know if Chubb got enough, go back and look at John Johnson's deal. Three years, $33 million. Like that looks like an absolute steal 
for the Browns. And I, and I, I do think that John Johnson's not only going to play out that contract, I suspect that he will get another contract at that point with the Browns. But you just look at that and you're going, wow, our front office is fantastic. And I still don't know how they managed to convince John Johnson to take that deal because that looks like a home run all the way around uh, for, for the Browns to keep this thing going for quite a while. The thing with this all, as Pete's cat is getting busy in the background playing, um, is that they are they, – Pete, it's come so quickly. And without that much overall success, that they are a destination. They are you know, drawing eyes from players that don't play here already, players looking to come here. And the fact that this has been done – and what are we talking? Maybe it's not even – I guess we're at about what the 18 month mark of where this regime, you know, and the way it's lined up. But I mean, this doesn't normally happen. You put together, you know, great teams with great coaching staffs, with great front offices and great player personnel type of guys. But it's very rare that this all comes together this quickly where you show success, but to the point now where you have players, you know, eyeing free agency and saying, yeah. That's a real top destination for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, they 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 got a lot of credibility going to the playoffs last year, and players have bought in in a way that they haven't previously. And I know Jadevian Clowney was saying, "Well, my agent didn't really let me, let me look here." I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying that I think eleven and five and and the playoffs helped uh, make that. A little bit easier uh troy hill john uh you know john johnson you know some of these guys may not have looked at cleveland until they they sort of proved it in the playoffs and and certainly andrew barry and kevin stefanski look great right now and and andrew barry is continuing to keep carry that over and uh, you know obviously, obviously i want you know I, I would be really happy if baker mayfield signed his deal this week i'm just saying Let's go ahead and knock that out. One less and, thing to and, worry about, yes. <laughs> you can start sort of getting these guys to buy into the fact that, look, could I wait another year and get more money? Yes, I could. However, if I sign that deal now, which will be a – it's not as if they're taking a dis- – they're not taking a discount. It's just if you defer it a year or two, maybe there's a lot more there, but you have to defer it. You can sign it and get that money now and be done with it and sort of get there. And by doing that now, maybe you keep an extra guy. Maybe Wyatt Teller is able to be kept because you signed those deals now. And if you wait and you're in your uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe you have to do more with a little less than you would have. And I think there's something to be said that like you can look really savvy right now if you're Baker Mayfield and you sign a deal right now. And go, man, I got, you know, I got this great deal top of the line and maybe it'll be a little more than fans are sort of like assuming he will get like a little over that $35 million range. But then in two years, it'll suddenly be like, this is a great deal for, for the Browns. And as is often the fact, like as often the case with some of these, where some of these guys are like, I don't know about this deal right now. And then in two years when the cap suddenly where it goes, it suddenly goes, yeah, yeah, this is great for the Browns. Uh, I, I love where this is at. And then Baker Mayfield at the same time goes, yeah, I got this great deal. I went, you know, I, I won sort of this art, this 
this negotiation and all of a sudden, oh, by the way, we're also keeping Wyatt Teller. Maybe we're also trying to keep uh, Ronnie Harrison, which is the deal. I would really love to see that deal get done because John Johnson's contract is, is so reasonable and because Grant Delpit's on a, a rookie deal that they can keep those guys, all three of them in, in, in the mix for at least the next three years would make me very happy. Uh, and then you have David Njoku who's in, in sort of that boat. I think that's one that is more likely to maybe wait until the season because they want to see it. It wouldn't surprise me at all if White Teller were waiting until the season because they want to see him uh, do it a little more and because they also want to get a, a good long look at Drew Forbes right now. But, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield and Denzel, Denzel Ward are the ones that were, if they can knock those out, it can really set them up and go where, where potential free agents or guys who are on the team can go. This is where this team's going to be for the next three years. I don't want to leave. I don't, you know, I, I want to get a deal done. I want to, um, I want to, I want to jump, jump in. I, this is a great group. I want to be around. I can see how long these guys are going to be together. I want to be in on that. It's, it's, it's just been fascinating to see it come to fruition so quickly. Um, and, especially here with this team that is, you know, basically done everything they can to basically throw something against the wall and see what sticks. Um, and now, you know, the sustainability that it has, or it appears to have uh, just a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Let me get some thoughts here from uh, camp on both sides of the ball here. As we always do with Pete, we'll talk a little bit NFL overall in the third segment, Jeff Lloyd, P. Smith, your latest locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, UFC, MMA, and of course, soon to be the NFL preseason and NFL regular season. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Pete, today, first day in pads in Berea. Um, I think the offense, I think they've looked a lot crisper um, than they did last year. Last year, there were a lot of L's early in training camp, most of training camp. Uh which was odd because the defense didn't have the talent. It certainly has now somewhat understandable though, in the fact that there are a lot of new moving parts. Um, you saw today where, you know, there were times where Jadavian Clowney just could not be blocked in any way, shape or form. Uh, you pencil that in, of course, with a miles Garrett attack McKinley and everything else that's going on the defensive line. Uh, but I think that you, you love to see, you know, Baker obviously playing so much more confident, which he should be for the first time of not having to say, oh, my God, I got to go look back at the playbook after this because, you know, where was I wrong? Where was he wrong? The confidence just oozes with familiarity, which what they're going through. Donovan Peoples-Jones making plays. Kadero Hodge making plays. There's been bright spots for almost every receiver on this roster. Uh, tight ends, even Daniel Carson's having his way against the second unit. Um, it's just great to see the fact that now there it's such a uniform thing, Pete, where nobody's looking around, nobody's double checking, nobody's double guessing. Everybody knows what's going on. 
And it just allows, this is more of perfecting the craft as opposed to installing the craft, so to speak. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the, uh, the offense knows who they are. They they know what they're trying to work on, and they know where they can get better, which is obviously starts with incorporating Odell Beckham to the point where he's, you know, he looks like the guy that we were so excited about trading for. And it's not to say he hasn't been at times, but to the point where it's totally incorporated, where Mayfield is right with him and he looks great and they can really go in that regard and incorporating some of those other elements. I think the way they've sort of, you know, been very cautious with some of the recoveries of some of their guys like uh, Beckham uh, really allows Donovan Peoples Jones to really maximize every rep and just get better and better and better. I don't know if you're going to be like, I, I know there's sort of like this thing. Well, you know, he's making all these plays. Well, he must be ready to like start or something. I don't, I think that's getting the cart ahead of the horse, but it does make sure he's maximizing whatever arc he's on for the Browns. So, you know, he may, maybe he's not ready to like jump into the number three receiver yet, but he's certainly making himself better within this offense. So you wanted to say number two wide receiver, didn't you? You wanted to say, it. you know, you did. Well, I, look, I think that that's what I've seen a lot of people talk about that. He looks like he's a long-term two. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, and, and, you know, that, I think that's fine. Like if we jump ahead a year, could we see a situation where he becomes the number two by way contracts um, work on this? Yes, we could, but the, the Browns are allowing this to sort of go at their own pace. I think we're going to see, or what I'm hoping we'll see is in, in the thought process along best 11 that Kareem hunt is used way more like, uh, like uh, the New Orleans Saints use their their running back, um, that they can use him more like a weapon where he's not mainly a backfield running back, more as he's a receiver threat. And that's really where Kareem Hunt's at his best. So if you take those things in, in stride and hopefully Jedrick Wills is developing and the defense wins uh, on a particular day, that would suggest to me that the defense has really good football players and they're just winning a day and that we hope that we have a little bit of an ebb and flow in that regard, where maybe there's a period of practice or a day of practice where the offense just gets, gets beat because the defense is just better that day because they have miles Garrett, because they have Jadevian Clowney, because they have, you know, Denzel Ward and John Johnson and, and Ronnie Harrison, obviously he's, you know, they're being cautious with him with a hamstring, uh, and Grant Delpit and some of these guys that they're all get, they have all this many players where they can actually hold up and not because the offense is bad, but because they're doing what they're supposed to do. And then the offense comes back the next day and they adjust or they have a great day and they just are winning because they're, they're good, not because the defense is bad. That's where this team becomes, you know, that iron sharpens iron thing. And we do get in a situation where maybe we're looking at ahead and towards, you know, the middle of August, you know, the, the Browns offense is beating a better defense than maybe they will see on certain Sundays. And the defense is beating an offense that will be better than they will see certain Sundays. And they are now getting to a point where we are, we get to the field and we play a team that's maybe not as great as, as the Browns are. And they just 
boat race them because they have so much talent and they're great. And that's what we hope will happen. What we don't want to hear is, you know, Baker Mayfield, which wasn't sharp that day, which to this point has not happened. He's been good and continuing to, to evolve, you know, or we have a day where we're talking about, you know, guys just couldn't catch the ball. I don't think we've run into that yet. Um, So hopefully we're getting to that point where it's just good football on both sides. We're making ourselves better. And obviously, fingers crossed, knock on wood, guys are staying healthy. And we haven't had that big, you know, scare. We are not the Indianapolis Colts. And 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 I don't save it, want – Save it. Save it for segment three. And I don't want to be in a situation where the Browns are, you know, where we're, where we're, we're losing guys. And, I, and, I, and as much as people want to get – may get frustrated about holding guys out, I am totally for it because I, I just look at this in the standpoint of, yes, obviously we want guys to get reps. Obviously we want guys to get better. Uh, but what we don't want to have happen is we're, we're grinding each other to dust and we end up being the San Francisco 49ers this year. Yeah. And that, and this, this season more than ever, because you can say Odell can play 80, 85% of the snaps and there's no significant drop off. I mean, we're having arguments about whether or not you're going to be able to keep six wide receivers on this roster, you know, due to the depth that you have at so many other positions. I mean, you're getting into, as I love to say on the show, you're getting into rich people problems. Um, So, you know, to get Odell the appropriate rest now, and it's funny, anytime you kind of hear where maybe, you know, Baker had a little bit of, you know, any type of struggle so far this summer, it's always, coincidentally enough, been on days where it was not an Odell day and Odell was not involved. So something to keep in mind with that. We're going to get to a little bit more here, obviously with Pete, we're going to uh, get into a little bit, some NFL news here. Definitely want to hit on the Colts a little bit. Uh, The Ravens added a player that Pete and I probably told you about a month ago that this was eventually going to get done. And it did could be, you know, something to monitor as, you know, Baltimore probably picked up something that they truly needed all that more. Your latest. Lockdown Browns. What's your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. As you guys all know, the mint brownie, my favorite, tastes like the Girl Scout cookie. Oh, so good. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, nine bar, uh, 18 bars in total. The Bill Bar flavors are the best tasting, but they're also very healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Go to BillBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, you tried to segue early into segment three. Um, The Indianapolis Colts, uh, it's starting to get the feeling like this puppy may be over before it even started, and maybe not even so much the Carson Wentz news when you now drop in the Quentin Nelson news, you know, Tennessee, obviously the Julio Jones move was a move they needed to make. 
for the Colts, this may be over before they even got to the starting gate. Um, I won't go that far, but those are two devastating injuries, and they happen to be the same injury. Quentin Ironically Nelson. enough. But Wentz came here with this injury and could have had it taken care of, but that's another story for another day. So uh, The Colts were never predicated on being carried by Carson Wentz. That doesn't mean that he's not a critical piece to that formula, and not having him is a huge challenge for them initially. Uh, I think the bigger loss right now is far and away Quentin Nelson. He's a Hall of Easily. Fame guard right now Easily. already. He can stop playing and he's a Hall of Fame guard. Um, he is phenomenal uh, and really blossomed ever since he got out of the state of New Jersey. Whoa, whoa, I think whoa, that whoa, whoa, but, whoa, 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 whoa. But, but that's the thing. That's why I never, you know, you never want to, you know, you know, sort of laugh or schadenfreude at injuries because, you know, they're, they, it, then it's your turn and uh, whatever karmic retribution is out there um, comes back to bite you. But that is the fear you have. That is the challenge. You don't want um, to have that happen where somebody goes down for a while. And that's why I say I am all for uh, the Browns being cautious with keeping out starters. I wouldn't have a single starter play in preseason at nope. all. Nope. Uh, I think Jedrick Wills would be the only offensive lineman who will play at least a little. But everybody else, get them out. Um, not worth it. You, Especially you, though, you have so much to evaluate on that offensive line. You know what your starting five is, but now you have seven, eight guys vying for four or five spots. You want to give these guys every opportunity to at least state their case. Well, that and like if you look at just like the defensive line, for example, Tack McKinley would be a starting defensive end in a scenario where they keep the starters out. Like that's how talented they are is they'd <laughs> have to still play some of these guys because they just have to be by the numbers. So, you know, attack McKinley. No, I mean, your, your defensive ends in that scenario would be McKinley, Weaver, and Porter Gustin. Eh, not yeah, too shabby. Yeah, Grant, not too shabby. Grant, Grant Delpit would be playing. He'd be starting at safety That in that sense. Uh, it would probably be Greg Newsom and Greedy Williams. Uh, maybe they – or AJ Green, yeah. a player who's shown. Yeah, well I mean, they, this point. maybe maybe there's another guy they keep out in that scenario, but obviously Ward would be out. Um, so they, it's not as if they will be putting in a dog team in that scenario, but it's you know that's why they love these team practices that they're just combined. But like you look back at last year, and I think some of this is the way that the 49ers do things, and some of this is just awful, awful luck. Um, but they were just devastated by injuries, and the Browns you know, had some costly ones, obviously Grant Delpit being one of them. Um, but, you know, they they didn't lose super key guys for the season. Like Nick Chubb was obviously out for several weeks. Wyatt Teller was out for several weeks. They did have enough depth to, cap, you know, to, to get through. But, you know, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you have to be able to get lucky with injuries. So the best way you can sort of manipulate that luck is being smart in the summer and preseason because there's so much you can't control – uh, on Sundays, so that's a that's a big challenge. But uh, again, with the Colts in particular, I think they will be okay at quarterback. Uh, they will not be in a great situation. I'm sure they will try to bring in somebody, uh, but I, I, I think they can they can muddle through with that. There are certain other situations where I think it would be obviously more devastating. 
than where they are now, just because Wentz hasn't been there long enough to really be entrenched in things. But, you know, that's a challenging scenario for the Colts. They, they didn't have a ton of room for error anyway. And, you know, they're, they're looking at a division where the Tennessee Titans at least think they can be a division winner. And, and now all of a sudden maybe they, they can be. So it's, it's a tough spot, but I don't think it's season ending at this point. We're going to differ on that one. I just, you know, and then you have Nick Foles essentially begging now to, you know, go to the Colts and uh, young Jacob Eason there for the Colts. Interesting situation. Justin Houston. Um, we talk about him a lot on this pod for a guy who's never been a Cleveland Brown. Uh, now with the Baltimore Ravens, um, one you could see coming from a million miles away, the Bra- uh, the Ravens pass rush, what it wasn't, I, I would say, going into this season. Um, there is a question of, you know, how much is left, you know, injuries, you know, and not that Justin, Justin Houston's getting any younger, so to speak. Um, but the Ravens understanding that, you know, the Browns are, you know, this is real. This is, you know, this is a true, legitimate, real threat. And what they had wasn't going to be enough, Pete. Well, look, I mean, when you lose – uh, Yannick Ngakwe and you lose Matthew Judon and you're basically like, we're not going to fight this. They're gone. You had to come up with something and, uh, you know, re-signing Tyus Bowser, retaining Pernell per- per- McPhee, you know, they, they've still got uh, Jalen Ferguson and then they drafted Adafi Owe in the first round, who I think is a ph- phenomenal fit for what they want to do. It doesn't have... A, a, a dude in there and and Justin Houston is 32 years old uh he had 19 sacks in the past two seasons with the Colts but it at least appears like that last season where he had eight sacks was a lot of empty calories in terms of like his efficiency and stuff but when you are the Ravens and you blitz as much as they do that will come that will cover up some of that so they aren't gonna blitz less they're just going to hope that Justin Houston gets there faster because they blitz so much. So the situation is good for them. Although, you know, for this season, the short-term thing, maybe it works out for them. The issue they are facing right now, Calais Campbell uh, obviously had a calf strain last year. He had the exact same injury as Wyatt Teller. And you, I, I, the second I saw it, I knew it had what it was. And, you know, just short-circuited his season. He's phenomenal, even in his, you know, mid-30s at this point. But he's probably in his last year. Uh, Brandon Williams is 32. He may be in his last year. Justin Houston's 32. He may be in his last year. So they have – and uh, the the kid they got from Denver is on the oldish side. and He may be in his last year. So – if all those guys are gone, and obviously they drafted Adolfo Owe, they do have Ty Spouse, they do Jalen Ferguson, but they may lose that entire front group and have to replace them in combination with what they've already added. Like there's some, you know, there's some urgency here with that group. So it could work. They could be very effective. Obviously, everything starts with their, their secondary there, but that that there is a little bit of a concern that is this the year where all of a sudden their defensive line falls off because they are just old or they just, yeah, exactly. Which is going to lead to, you know, you know, more times for quarterbacks to throw the ball, 
is going to lead to, you know, secondary getting tired. Um, the linebacking unit, you know, Patrick Queen, uh, obviously the former Ohio State Buckeye. Look, you're on the field a lot more. You're running around a lot more. You're never going to be as efficient and as productive as you're going to be without pass rush, which, you know, if anything, you've learned from the way the Browns structured the defensive line here for 2021. Uh, one more before we get on out of here. Um, former number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft from the Minnesota Vikings, cornerback Jeff Gladney. Pete, you and I, we spoke about him. He was a player we liked um, after a grand jury. Um, he has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. So kudos to the Vikings. I'm assuming whatever came out in that grand jury was pretty damning towards Jeff Gladney. Um, but look, it's not a right to play in this league. Pete, we've harped on this for years. Um, you got to mind your P's and Q's and you got to be right. You know, because there's plenty of talent available. There's plenty of players to be had. And you ain't going to walk the line. You ain't going to toe the line. We're going to find somebody else because billion-dollar businesses certainly don't need these type of headaches. No. Uh, and obviously, that's a huge blow for Minnesota. Not necessarily that they, they can't. Not that they were going. To- they might not be having a great year anyway. But, you know, you've got to somewhere draw the line. And you got to stand up because if you're not going to be great, you at least want your fans to like you for doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think the, the Vikings are, we're counting on him. I think they knew where this is going, but it's still former first, it's still first round pick, which is gone. Um, you're not getting anything out of that pick. So that's tough. And, you know, I don't know enough about Gladney coming out. I, I don't know if there were sort of anything that suggests this was a thing. That the teams had to watch out for, but increasingly, I think that has to be a huge part of your evaluation. And I think that's where the Browns have gotten much better since a certain GM is no longer here and Andrew Barry has taken over. Because <laughs> um, you know damn well he'd be on that agent's line right now. Uh, I, I just think the Browns have embraced this idea. That so did he just push her or did he actually knock her out? This is what I need yeah. to know. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. God, that'd be awful, awful press conference again. But uh, look, just like any business, I, I think it's true of your team. You like, you are who you, who your players are. And the Browns, you know, right now are a super freaky, athletic, uh, smart, group of seemingly accountable guys. I don't know them off the field enough that, you know, maybe somebody is like a secret, you know, kingpin of some kind, but, but the just seemingly. In the pudding. I mean, the proof yeah. is in the pudding. You've gone this long without any major incidents. Obviously, you know, character is, and knock on wood, character is spades in that locker room right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it's it's to me. I think it's a, a big change, and I think something that paid off this past year. I think it did not help, and they they they, they got rid of a bunch of guys that didn't fit, and the guys that, that they thought were knuckleheads in terms of just how they were in the locker room and stuff. Um, and I'm not saying it was Demarius Randall, but it certainly probably was Demarius Randall that was part of that group um, of people that they just you know, they couldn't count on and, and, and just wasn't adult enough, I guess. It wasn't mature enough where they've got guys who 
are here for the right reasons and focused. And now, now they've got enough of a culture and a goal that it's guys are too busy worrying about winning jobs and hopefully winning playoff games to sit there and go, I've got time to mess around with this nonsense. Refreshing. Absolutely refreshing. And, you know, maybe that's where, you know, winning essentially lights the lamp. Um, no distractions when you're focused on getting that next W as opposed to the fact that, you know, it may be, you know, mid to late October. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, your season is dead in the water. Loving every minute minute of it makes the coverage a hell of a lot easier for myself. Certainly for Pete Smith and his crew over at Brown's Digest on Sports Illustrated. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Uh, Pete and the team, Boston their shops, uh, some new uh you know, hires, uh, you know, here getting ready for the 2021 season. Uh, Corey Kinnon, who you've had heard here on the show a million times. Sam Panics, been on the show a bunch of times. Great guys. Just, you know, Pete trying to put together uh, the dream team, so to speak, here for this highly anticipated, you know, Brown season. Brown's Digest uh, through westside.com. Make sure you're reading, checking everything out. Make sure you're following Brown, Brown's Digest. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. As you guys all know, DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, DMs are open over there. Questions, ideas for the show. Uh, as we're here back, you know, full force, pedal to the metal, uh, getting ready to, you know, cover this highly anticipated with high expectations. Cleveland Browns season. Excited for it. Ready for it. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey or wherever you listen to your podcasts, make sure you are following or subscribed to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, always appreciated, always welcome. Thank you. And with that, we will wrap this up. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.